1: In the earthly ministry of Jesus, he commands us to repent. He commands us to surrender to him and his authority. But how does he prove his authority? Well, of course, the miracles recorded for us in the Gospels are good proof of that, as we'll see today on this edition of Abounding Grace. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, welcome to today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. We're continuing our survey of Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 44, message entitled, The Authority of Christ's Ministry. We're taking a look at this authority that Jesus exerts over the supernatural, giving us an understanding that... He is sufficient, and when He calls us to repent, this authority gives us the ability to trust and rest in Him. We begin today's broadcast with a cross-reference in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace.
0: Paul is asking these false teachers that come to you with this doctrine of legalism and their doctrine of human merit, that it has swept you off your feet and bewitched you, are you following them because they said they were preaching the word of God? Then where are their miracles? That is the point here. Where are their miracles? Paul says, I've performed miracles to bear testimony to the fact that I speak the infallible Word of God under the inspiration of the Spirit. Now, if these men are teaching the infallible Word of God as they claim, then they would have miracles from God to prove it. Where are their miracles? Of course, there are none. These men were phonies, and that point struck home to these people. Let's look at Acts chapter 14. What are we learning here? We're learning that when an apostle in the New Testament spoke infallibly the word of Christ, God gave him the power to form miracles to prove it. And if a person couldn't perform a miracle, no matter what he said, and no matter how convincing he may have been, he was not speaking the infallible revelation of God. All right, let's look at Acts 14, verse 3. Long time therefore abode they, the apostles, speaking boldly to the Lord, which gave testimony under the word of His grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. You see, as the apostles were preaching, as they were preaching, God was bearing witness personally to the truthfulness and authority of their message by giving them the power to perform miracles. So again, what is the purpose of miracles? In the life of Jesus, it was God bearing witness that the kingdom of God is come. And what was the purpose of miracles in the life of the apostles to whom Jesus gave the power as his mouthpieces? It was God bearing witness that these men speak the words of God's kingdom. These men speak the truth inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. In Romans 16, verses 18 and 19, he says, "'For I will not dare to speak of any of those things "'which Christ hath not wrought by me, "'to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed "'through signs and wonders,' by the power of the spirit of god so that from jerusalem and round about illyricum i have finally preached the gospel of christ so paul says i am preaching the gospel with the power with power and the gentiles the non-jews are being led to obedience of faith i am speaking nothing I am speaking nothing, Paul says, except what Christ has accomplished in me. And the proof that his word alone is all I am speaking is my power to produce signs and wonders. And if I don't have the power to perform miracles, says Paul, then don't believe it when I say I am speaking the infallible word of God. His own apostles... Now, this wasn't simply true of the apostles. It was also true in the Old Testament. There were miracles in the Old Testament also. And miracles in the Old Testament had the same function for the prophets as miracles had in the New Testament for the apostles. Just turn with me to one place so that I can show you, Exodus 4, 27. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met with him on the mount of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the children of Israel and Aaron spoke all of the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and he did signs in the sight of the people and the people believed and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that they had looked upon their and that he had looked upon their affliction then they bowed their heads and they worshiped you see these men preach the word of God straight from the mind of God backed and confirmed by by the miraculous power of God. And when you, beloved, combined the inerrant revelation of God with the powerful miracles of God, the people who saw and heard believed and worshiped God. So in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, you have in the prophets and in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the possible, in the apostles' miracles, God's power being exerted through them wherein God lays aside the laws of nature and directly and immediately causes something to happen. And whenever those miracles took place, they were to confirm that the prophets of the Old Testament spoke the infallible word of God, It was God's witness that his kingdom had come in Jesus. And it was God's witness that the apostles spoke the infallible word of God. If Jesus had not performed miracles, his word would not be worth two cents. If the apostles had not performed miracles, their word would not be worth two cents. And if the prophets had not performed the miracles... I think you can guess their words would not be worth two cents. Miracles are the way by which God bears witness to the fact that this man who performs this miracle is speaking my infallible word. The message and the words in which that message is expressed come from God and are therefore incapable of error, having the sovereign, omnipotent authority of Jesus Christ. And if someone comes to you and says, I have a direct word from God, but he does not have the power to perform miracles, he is a liar, beloved, and he must not be believed. Now, let me ask you to think for just a minute. If the purpose of miracles in the life of Jesus, and here is where I might surprise you, so hold on. If the purpose of miracles in the life of Jesus was to testify that the kingdom of God has come, and now the kingdom of God has come, is there any purpose for miracles any longer? Let me ask you another way. If the purpose of miracles was to give testimony to the apostles speaking the infallible Word of God, and if the entirety of the Word of God has come and the Bible is complete, and the revelatory process that had as its goal to give us the 66 books of the Bible has been reached, is there any further purpose for miracles? And the answer, beloved, is no. Now you may say, well then, there must be supposedly, some other purpose for miracles. No, the purpose of miracles is to testimony to the fact that this man speaks the infallible Word of God. That's it. So what happens when the whole Word of God is finished and the Bible is complete? Is there any longer any need for miraculous witness to give testimony to the fact that someone speaks the infallible Word of God? There hasn't been anything added to the Word of God for at least 1,900 years. Miracles had as their purpose to testify to the fact this person speaks the infallible Word of God. Well, the revelatory process that came in a variety of ways, as signs and wonders and various other supernatural gifts of the Spirit, has been completed, and there is no longer any need for these vehicles by which God's revelation came to continue. Let me ask you a question. Ryan knows this. When contractors construct a building, they use scaffolding, right? Well, when that building is completed, is there any further need for that scaffolding? It was very important while that building was being constructed, but once it is completed, you have no purpose for it any longer. The angels announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds in the fields, you remember? Remember? Are they still singing out there in those fields of Palestine? No, their purpose has been served. The star that the wise men of the East shone to show where Jesus was laid, is that star still directing people to Christ? No, it's served its God-given purpose. It's no longer needed. The position of the church for nearly 2,000 years, especially the Reformed branch, has been... Whereas the apostles possessed special miraculous signs by which God confirmed that they spoke with infallible authority, when they passed off the scene and the Bible was completed, the miracles as signs and wonders authenticating divine revelation also passed from the scene. They ceased. The reason miracles were the signs of the apostles was because miracles had a revelatory character and the apostles were vehicles of divine revelation. Therefore, because of this inseparable connection between miracles and divine revelation, the role of miracles in the ministry of Jesus, and as the mark and credentials of the apostles has passed from the scene, the kingdom has come. The Bible has been completed. And now everything we need to live godly unto Christ Jesus, says First Peter Chapter 1, we have in the true knowledge of God, which is found in the Holy Scripture. All the power, everything we need to live a complete Christian life, you now have in the knowledge of God that is to be found in His Holy Word, which is complete. Turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 13. <clears throat> Miracles have ceased as signs and wonders of the kingdom and of the Word of God. And it's borne out in 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 8. The love chapter. Love never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it, will, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when that which is perfect come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Now a person will come to this text and he will think that it is talking about heaven. We are children now, we are incomplete, but the perfect is going to come with the Lord Jesus Christ, and all the partial will be done away with. We see now through a mirror dimly, but when we die and we enter into the presence of God, then we shall see face to face. Now abideth faith, hope, and love, but in the future, after the second coming, shall abide love. I want to submit to you that if that is even anywhere near your interpretation, you need to study the text far more carefully. The text here is the contrast between love and these miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. The contrast is that love is perpetual, and the miraculous gifts of the Spirit are not... The miraculous gifts of the Spirit, like tongue-speaking knowledge or prophecy, like being able to speak the infallible Word of God, these extraordinary, miraculous gifts of the Spirit had a specific purpose during the childhood of the church. But when that which is perfect comes, Paul says, then all these incomplete ways by which God got His Word to man will disappear, having served their purpose And it clearly says, when the perfect comes, these things will be done away. So what's the perfect? In context here, what is the concern? The concern is the revelation of God. How does God reveal himself and his will to his people? Before the completion of the entire revelatory process that gave us this Bible, The way by which God got his word to man was by the miraculous gifts of the spirit, tongue speaking and the like. But now that the perfect has come, that which is complete, and perfect means complete, of the process of the revelation of which signs and wonders and tongue speaking and the gifts of knowledge were various vehicles by which God got his word to man, or when the whole revelatory process was complete, and we have the 66 books of the Bible, then the supernatural, extraordinary, miraculous gifts of the Spirit, having served their purpose, disappeared. When the complete comes, Paul says, then the partial, the miraculous gifts having served their purpose will cease. Before the completion of the Bible, Paul says, we were children, but now that the complete has come and now that we have the full revelation of God and everything in it is profitable and is totally sufficient to make man, make the man of God thoroughly equipped unto every good work, now we have maturity in Christ. The process has been complete. We have the whole Word of God. And now we can see clearly, now we are no longer children, tongue speaking, the miraculous gifts of the spirit and gifts of the of knowledge were all for children. Those were for the church when it was in its youth, before the revelatory process was complete, before we had the whole Bible. But now that we have the whole Word of God, those former ways, says our Westminster Confession of Faith, by which God has revealed Himself, have ceased. You don't keep the scaffolding up after the building is completed. Miracles were vitally important. There's no doubt about that. Praise God for them. They draw us to the teaching of the apostles and the prophets. We know that because they had the power to perform miracles that they spoke the very words of God. Praise God for the miracles, beloved, in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of those miracles, we are absolutely convinced that the kingdom of God has come. It has dawned in the history of man, and His saving power is operative among us here and now. And you know, there is one thing in the Bible, particularly in Luke, that is connected with the miracles of Jesus, and that is his preaching. His preaching is no less powerful than his miracles. What is the point of this section that we've been studying? The point is to establish the authority of Jesus' word, the authority of his teaching and preaching. How did he establish the sovereign, omnipotent, authoritative preaching that brought the presence of God into someone's life and put you in a crisis situation where you had to decide for him or against him? Miracles displayed the fact. This man's word is power. What he speaks happens. When he speaks to a sick person, that person is healed. When he speaks to a dead person, that person is raised to life. When he speaks to a demon-possessed man, a demon vacates that man's body. Jesus' word is what is powerful. And there is a connection between his miracles and his word to convince you and I of the power of his preaching. His miracles weren't to impress you with the extraordinary. It was to impress you with what he spoke, with the power of his word. When he spoke to a person about salvation... He not only explained it to the person beloved, he brought salvation into that person's life and blessed them with a new birth. When the Lord Jesus Christ explains the glory and the character of God to an individual, as he explains those things to him, that person comes to know God personally and sees the glory of God by faith. When a man is troubled in his own conscience with guilt and sin, and the Lord Jesus Christ explains to him forgiveness of sins, that man not only understands intellectually the forgiveness of sins, he finds himself forgiven. The word of Christ from the prophets in the Old Testament, from Christ Himself in the Gospel, and from the apostles in the New Testament is an awful, is an all powerful authority. And the miracles give testimony to that fact. The reading and hearing of his word and the believing of this word change your lives. Forgives you of your sins. And then when you read it and you hear it preached, the Holy Spirit comes through that reading. And that preaching and speaks those powerful words to your heart. And they inflame you to do God's will in your life. Let me read to you now Romans 16, 25 in closing. Romans 16, 25 through 27. Now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. He says, everything that is needed, to bring all the nations of the world to the obedience of faith in Jesus, you have in my gospel and the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that as the risen, sovereign, authoritative, exalted Christ, by His Spirit, from God's right hand, speaks this gospel into the lives and the minds and the hearts of people. People are saved People's sins are forgiven. Their whole inner life is transformed. In fact, everything that is needed in order to lead the nations of the world to faith in Christ, you have in the written gospel when the Lord Jesus Christ sees fit to personally preach through the faithful preaching of his servants, you and I. So let me tell you this in conclusion, and please listen carefully. As long as you have the word of Christ, as long as the living Christ himself is preaching his word to you through his servants, you do not need miracles. And I believe personally to say that we do degrades the word of Christ It is the power of His written word preached by Christ into our lives that brings complete salvation to the entirety of our lives and sooner or later to this whole world. So, beloved, don't plan on a miracle getting you out of any trouble you may be in. Don't plan on a miracle saving America. It is not going to happen. Comprehensive salvation for you and I comes only one way, and it is not through miracles. It comes through persevering faith in Jesus, persevering obedience to the word of Jesus, and persevering prayer based upon the promises of Jesus. Don't expect God to use any other instrument in your life like some big miracle to get you out of the mess you have gotten yourself into. As long as you think that there's another way out, you will not persevere. As long as you think that there's a shortcut, you will not persevere. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, There's going to be this miracle, and my bank account is going to have enough money in it to pay off my debts that I have because of my own greed. Maybe, just maybe, there'll be a miracle. Maybe, just maybe, I'll wake up tomorrow and God will replace all the tyrants in Washington, D.C. and California's capital with true God-fearing men. No. Miracles have ceased God will redeem the messes we have, will not redeem, or sorry, God will redeem the miracles we have gotten ourselves into through persevering faith in Jesus, persevering obedience to His Word, and persevering prayer along, along with the preaching of His sovereign, omnipotent Word, not by the miraculous.